Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Boot Camp. This week, studying Parshat Vayetze. Our seasoned sponsors, Ilana Mark Rothenberg, Rachel Feiner, Le'ilo Nishmas, Azriel Ben Yaakov Feiner. Thank you very much. And we always thank our sponsors for all programs. Very much appreciated your ability to contribute to Habratza Satara. This commentary that we're going to use this week, the classic commentary, found in every volume of the Mikros Gedolos, we have many different versions, is the Kliakar. The Kliakar who lived between 1540 and 1619 was the assistant rabbi to the Maral Prague. eventually takes over the position, becomes the Rav of Prague, very much involved in communal life. I want to point out that last year, I also used a Kliakar on the same exact Pasuk, but it's not the same commentary. You see, the Kliakar... And you see this as well in another one of his farm, the Olos Ephraim. They are collections of drushos that he gave in shul. That makes it so exciting to me and to many Rabbanim and hopefully to Balabatim as well to see the relevant issues back then in the 15th, 16th century, 17th century, as well as today, how many of the issues are the same issues. And I saw the insight of the Kliakar with an additional commentary found from a contemporary teacher of David Hofstetter. In a sefer that I came across last Shabbos, I happened to be davening at the Kotel. And after davening, I was sitting and learning for a few minutes. And the sefer Darash David, it's a very nice sefer. He asked some very good questions, basic questions that we should all be asking on our own. He quotes the Kliakar, and then he quotes something from his son. And I'm going to try to accomplish it all today in this year. We're all familiar with this very famous Rashi on Vayetze. We know that Yaakov Avinu is leaving Eretz Yisrael, he's leaving Beersheba. The Torah doesn't have to tell us Vayetze. We'd have the Parsha called something else, but it could have been called Vayelach, even though we have another Parsha Vayelach, but it could have been called Charan, Charana. We, Torah should tell us where he's going, not where he's coming from. We already know where he's leaving. So this is the question. And Rashi tells us famously, and I'm not going to read to you the whole Rashi, which is based on the Medrash, that a tzaddik in a community is the beauty, is the splendor, is its majesty. And his departure, or her departure, if it's a situation of a tzaddikus, a righteous woman, when they leave a place, there is an impression that is made. Maybe an impression that wasn't as much appreciated when they were there. That's a takeaway home message for us. We should appreciate people while they're with us, in our homes, in our community, in our family. Now, the question that the dear David asks, and he's going to use a Kliakar to answer it, because Kliakar just states that he doesn't ask it as a question, is, Why specifically, when it comes to Yaakov Avinu, are we being told that his presence in a location had an impact and is leaving created a void. What happened to Avram Avinu? Avram Avinu, we know, also was a person on the road. Lech he left Orkastim, he left Chara. Yitzchak, we've seen in previous parashios, traveled, Grar, he was in places as well. He left from one place to the other place. Is it only Yaakov Avinu, whose exit had an impact on a place? So the Kliakar gives two answers, almost on the opposite side of the spectrum. Maybe these were two different years that he gave them, or maybe it was the same years, Russia, where he showed you there's two sides to it. 
And let's go to answer number one, then we'll go to two, and we're going to add a number three. Ki Avram Yitzchak lohi nichu b'makom shaholchu misham tzadikimosam. When Avraham, and let's say Sarah, Yitzchak, and let's say Rivka, when they left the places, there was no one left behind. There was no one like them left behind. So therefore, Pshita, it's obvious, when you have such great people who are leaving a community, and they're not leaving anyone else behind, there's no great people left, then it's going to be so obvious that the Torah doesn't even have to spell out the void, the emptiness that's found in that community how that community is now losing its ethical figure, its motivational characters. It's so obvious the Torah doesn't even have to state it. But what happened when Yaakov Avinu left Beersheba, when he left Eretz Yisrael? There was still Yitzchak there. There was still Rivka there. You know, you still have the Yeshiva Shem Ve'ever. He doesn't mention that, but we know that. But you know what? It still had an influence. It still had an impact. The place still felt a void. Because every tzaddik, every person that behaves properly adds to the character, to the nature of that community. While they're there, it should be appreciated. And when they leave, that void should be felt as well. You may think that when Yaakov leaves, okay, there's Yitzchak and Rivka there. It wouldn't have mattered to the people. People wouldn't have said, wow, there's a different type of behavior going on. We don't have a person going around and trying to fix us. There's not a person that we have to look up to anymore. Bottom line is, they still had Yitzchak and Rivka around? No, it still matters. Because the more the better. And it really is an important message for us. I'm adding, this is Shalom Baum's insight, how someone shouldn't feel that their influence is mitigated because there are other people there may be so-called greater than them that can have an influence about stepping up to the responsibility. That's one possibility. Then he offers a separate possibility. He says, on the opposite side. You know why Yaakov's impact was felt when he left? Because when Avraham and Yitzchak, Sarah and Rivka left the communities, there was no one behind. And you know what? No one was moved. Because the people there, and we would say through their Bechir Chafshi, through their choice, they didn't allow the exit of these great figures to have any impact on them. It's only a community that has an Avraham and a Sarah left, and in our situation, a Yitzchak and a Rivka, Maybe we'd say the yeshiva shame ve'ever that could actually appreciate the loss of a tzaddik. Two very different ways of looking at it. But this position also is very important message for us to appreciate when someone leaves a community. To appreciate that it's not natural unless we make the choice to be impacted by the person while they're here and chas v'shalom when the person leaves and to allow that influence to continue. Now, what is beautiful, what the Dirshu David adds, and he quotes this from his son, Zev, who I'm not familiar with, but beautiful, beautiful insight, is that Yaakov is the biggest Chiddush. Even if you put away opinion number one and opinion number two of the Kliyakar, Avram Avinu was a very public personality. Very. 
Yitzchak was also, contrary to public opinion, we see him traveling, we see him making treaties, we see him digging wells. He's out there. Yaakov Avinu, at this stage of his life, is still defined the way he was when we met him as an Ishtam, a Yoshev Ahalim. He was a person who sat and learned. And therefore, maybe we would imagine that his slipping away from a community would have had absolutely no impact. There would be no void felt because it's just Yeshiva Bachar. People don't even know about him. But you know what, Kava, you know what it actually means, Kamash Malan? That when someone is sitting and doing the right thing, people hear about it. It has an impact. First of all, it has an impact like you have someone who's studying in the Yeshiva in Eretz Yisrael, and you know, during the 1967 and the 1973 war, Reb Chaim Levitz told his students, you better be having an impact on what's going on in the battlefield. You have Chayalim that are fighting, you better be learning, you better be davening and thinking about them. And we do believe that it does have an influence. You need Chayalim and you also need people that are learning and davening. Yaakov Avinu was having an influence, obviously, on the people that were around him in the yeshiva, but also in the community, it was known that there was this great star. It was the grandson of Yaakov, of Avram Avinu, the son of Yitzchak, that was dedicating his life to studying. Now, he wasn't learning in yeshiva, maybe what we're learning, but it was that this great mind, as opposed to going out and, and achieving in the public realm, was achieving in the private realm. And it's precisely the loner, the person who's quieter, that sometimes could have a greater influence than the public personality. And it goes both ways. The public personality is important as well. So no one should think that anyone cannot have an influence and when they leave a place, that a void is not felt. This is the first piece, a very uh, beautiful piece with a number of angles to it. I want to share with you a second piece from Rabbi Sachs. We recently uh, observed the art site of Rabbi Jonathan Sachs. I think the English date of his passing, if I'm correct, was November 8th, which was uh, this week, and the Hebrew date uh, a couple weeks back. Now, he asked big questions. The question he asked, and I'm just going to summarize something that he uh, wrote up and delivered, what did Yaakov add to the Jewish experience? What is it that we find in him that we don't find in the same measure in Avraham? and Yitzchak. Now, how's Shalom Baum going to answer this question in two minutes? When I was in Eretz Yisrael, I saw a sefer by, uh, I think his name is Rav Yonatan Grossman from Gush Etzion, just on Yaakov, 400 pages on Yaakov. But I want to add something from Rabbi Sachs, which I think we could get to a bottom line. Yaakov was the person whose deepest encounters of ruchnias, of spirituality, happened when he was on the road not when he was home, and not even when he was sitting in the yeshiva, if we go back to the first point. We have the encounter as he's going away from Esav, running away from Esav. Ayifka, he meets Hashem in that famous place. And when he's leaving Lavan, we see later on in the Parsha, when he escapes from Lavan, next week, Lamed Beis, Lamed Aleph, when he's caught between his escape from Lavan and his imminent encounter with Esau, he wrestles with a stranger. These are the two moments where Yaakov Avinu probably has the greatest level, at least that we see in the Torah, of spiritual achievement. And the message that Rabbi Sachs tried to point out 
And it's no coincidence from someone who understood and appreciated history so much is that this is really a model and a precedent for Jewish existence. The Jews who've been strangers, Jews who've gone on the road, who offer and experience loneliness, it's meant to not only establish precedent, but to inspire us that it's not just sitting in stability where we get to encounter the Rebona Shalom, but it's specifically in moments of vulnerability when we can encounter Hashem in the midst of fear or in the midst of a sense of failure to realize that we still have that ability to connect to Hashem. As Rabbi Sachs says so beautifully, Yaakov was the first, but not the last. We could think about Moshe, we could think about Eliyahu, and we could think about ourselves. These are pieces that I think are more than only Divrei Torah, but ways to really calibrate our lives. Everyone should have a great Shabbos.